Welcome to Seeking Truth with Sharon Doran. Sharon has a passion for scripture that will motivate and challenge you to immerse yourself in God's word and apply his message to your everyday life. Visit SeekingTruth.net to learn more about bringing Seeking Truth to your parish or to become an online learner. Today, it's part one of the first book of Samuel, chapters 27 through 30, and now Seeking Truth with Sharon Doran. Hi, everybody. Today, we are studying David and the Psalms. We're in 1 Samuel chapters 27 through 30, along with four Psalms, 54, 57, 63, and 142. We just listened to 142 in our song today. It is a prayer when David was in the cave and he's crying out to the Lord and he's saying, get me out of this prison. Get me out of this room. Get me out of these people. Get me out of this gloom. He's pouring his heart out to the Lord. Last week we saw he wrote Psalm 34, taste and see that the Lord is good because David ate the holy bread, the sacred bread, the portion of the high priest. Now I can't tell you today's theme yet because we're going to play a game to see if you're listening. You remember the game, name that tune? Okay, here we go. Name that tune. Anybody know it? Okay, so your heart broke. You sit around moping, crying, crying. You say, you even thinking about dying? Well, before you do anything rash, dig this. Everybody plays the fool. Sing it, everybody. There's no, There's no exception, exception to the rule. Listen, baby. Be factual and baby cruel. Everybody plays the fool. We have a lady, it's her first day today. She probably thinks, what kind of Bible study did I get into? Our theme today is everybody plays the fool. Emerson knew that. This is his quote. Every man is a divinity in disguise, a God playing the fool. Every man is a divinity in disguise, a God playing the fool. Your deepest identity, your truest identity, is that you are a beloved son or a beloved daughter of God the King. And you are a beloved daughter or son by virtue of your baptism into the triune God in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And God breathed his own soul into you, his own breath, the moment you were conceived. But how often do we play the fool? How often do we wallow in the mire and the muck, eating with pigs, forgetting our deepest identity? How often do we play the fool? And one day, hopefully, we come to our senses and we realize we want our dignity restored. And we run. And the father's running. He's been running, scanning the horizon for months, weeks, years. And he embraces us. And he says, welcome home. And he wraps his arms around us. And he hugs us. And we say, bless me, father. I've played the fool. We repent to our father. I've been a fool. I forgot who I was. And I forgot whose I was. And he wraps his royal robe around us and puts his signet ring on our finger. And our dignity as a beloved son or daughter is fully restored. 
But everybody plays the fool sometimes. Every baptized man, every baptized woman is a divinity in disguise. You were dunked in the water of life and baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and you became part, you were baptized into Christ. Now this is one of Deacon Steve's favorite things to do, is to help little babies know their deepest, truest identity. This is our first, his first baptism, our grandson, Charles Stephen, but he also baptized Evangeline, and he baptized May, and he baptized Shay, and he baptized Max Michael Dare, whose mom is a core leader here today, and he baptized Eleanor, and he baptized Madeline, and he baptized Quinn. Sometimes we forget our truest, deepest identity as a beloved child of God. We play the fool. Everybody plays the fool sometimes. Today, King Saul really, really played the fool. Everybody plays the fool sometimes. But King Saul has been a fool for far too long. Saul wants David dead, but Saul is going to die a fool. Remember, David is suddenly a man on the run. He's eaten that fortified, holy bread of God. He's always listened to God's word. No common bread was there to be found. He ate the holy bread. The la kem laha panim, the bread of the face. Five loaves, the high priestly portion. And God anoints David as both a priest and a king. He's not from tribe Levi. He's from tribe Judah. How can this be? His priesthood goes back further. He writes Psalm 110, David does, and it says, The Lord has sworn and he will not repent. He will not change his mind. David, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Just as Abraham had received the bread and wine from the priest Melchizedek, so too David from the high priest will receive the holy bread, the sacred bread, the bread of the feast, and David, the bread of the face of God and the feast of God. But David will write Psalm 34 and say, and taste and see how good the Lord is. Happy the man who takes refuge in the Lord. On his journey of hiding and running and hiding and running, he takes his refuge in the Lord. David heard the word of the Lord and he obeyed it. He listens and he heeds God's word. He's been fortified with the holy, sacred bread. He has shared a covenant meal with the bread of the face of God. David shared the high priestly loaves with his men, and they all knew, behold God's love for you. God has strengthened them. God has fortified them. God has satisfied them. And David was given that sword that was used to kill the giant Goliath that the high priest had wrapped in an ephod, a priestly linen garment. And David used that sword to stealthily, secretly cut off that corner of Saul's robe when he was relieving himself in the cave. And David's heart was immediately smote. He felt horrible. It was convicted by the power of the Holy Spirit. David's heart smote him because why? He could have killed Saul. He was so sad he had even taken a little corner of his, his garment because he said, this is the Lord's anointed one. This is Mashiach possibly. Mashiach is Messiah. What if this is God's anointed Messiah and I was just about ready to kill him? David will not touch the Lord's anointed one, the Mashiach, the Lord's anointed in Hebrew, Messiah in English. Afterward, David rose and he went out of the cave and he called after Saul, excuse me, king, uh, my lord, uh, I have this. I have this little piece of your skirt. David's men knew about this because they were hiding back in the cave. David privately let Saul know, oh Saul. David respected the Lord's anointed one. He did not publicly humiliate Saul. David was not a fool. David always listened and he always obeyed God's word. King Saul 
does not hear and does not heed God's word. Saul is very arrogant, he's very proud, and he's full of lies. King Saul has played the fool one too many times. Everybody plays the fool sometimes, but he's played it one too many times. We met another fool, a man of Judah. He was a Calebite from the family Caleb. His name, Nabal, meant fool in Hebrew. He was not hospitable to David and his men who had protected his flocks. And he said, he's a fellow Judahite. And he says, who's this David? Well, everybody knew who David was. All the Judahites knew about the kid David who killed Goliath. There are many slaves running around nowadays breaking away from their masters, you know. We gotta be careful of kids like this. He's a fool. This was a huge insult to David. From the house of Caleb, a fellow Judahite, he should have known who David was. So ill-natured was Nabal the fool that no one could even speak to this man. Nabal was a fool from the same tribe of Jesus, tribe Judah, family Caleb, a son of God, one of the chosen people, but he was a complete fool. Nabal was a fool who had forgotten his deepest, his truest identity as one of God's chosen ones. He got very drunk. Abigail feared to even talk to him till all the anger had dissipated out of him. The next morning, she goes to tell him what she's done. I gave David all this stuff. He has a heart attack. His heart turns to stone and he's dead within 10 days. He's a fool. He's a fool. Nabal died a fool. Everybody plays the fool sometimes. Nabal remained a fool until his death. Now today, or this is still uh, 126. This is 1 Samuel 26, and we didn't get to this story last week, and it's important. Saul goes down to the wilderness of Zephah, and he has 3,000 chosen men with him. And David is in the wilderness, and he sees Saul is coming. And David sends out spies to learn of the certain location where Saul is hiding. David rose, he came to the place where Saul was encamped. David saw the place where Saul lay with Abner, the son of Ner, the company of his commander. Saul was lying with the encampment, and the army was encamped around him. And David said to Ahimelech the Hittite, okay, Hittite, David's with a Hittite right now. They're descendants of Heth, who's Heth? The second son of Cana, who's Cana? The son of Ham and Mrs. Noah. Remember that one back in Genesis? Rebecca didn't want any of her family, Esau or Jacob, to marry a Hittite woman, remember? She'd rather be dead than have her boys marry Hittite women. Who are Joab and Abishai? They are David's nephews. And David's little nephew says, I'll go with you, uncle. I'll go with you, uncle David. I'll go down into the camp. So David and his nephew, Abishai, go down into the army by night. Saul and his 3,000 men, they're all spread out sleeping. Saul's asleep. His spear is stuck in the ground at Saul's head. And Abner, who's the commander of Saul's army and the bodyguard of Saul, are around him. So David and his nephew were very, very brave to sneak in to these 3,000 men and get right next to the king in the middle of the encampment. You know, when soldiers are sleeping, they are more vulnerable, right? Because you have to sleep as a soldier. They're running, they're exhausted. They're exhausted emotionally and physically. They need sleep. When you sleep as a soldier, you might remove some of your armor or your shoes so you can sleep more comfortably, right? And then are you gonna be ready if something happens? You have, to, and, and they sleep with a weapon at their head because they wanna know where their weapon is just in case. And so when David wrote Psalm 34, taste and see how good the Lord is, he also wrote that the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him 
and delivers them. We definitely see the angel of God with David in his camp, but not with Saul. Saul does not fear the Lord. This is a picture from Deacon Gary Krupa, one of our core leaders, and he served in Afghanistan. This is Veterans Day. He served in Afghanistan. This is a picture from 211, and their, uh, their group always prayed before they went out on mission, and they didn't lose a single soldier. David, we'll see David also prays before going out on missions. David and his nephew sneak into Saul's sleeping army by night and then said David's nephew to David, God has given your enemy into your hand this day. Now, therefore, let me pin him to the earth with one stroke of the spear. I won't strike twice. He, they are right in front of Saul and Saul is sound asleep. And the nephew says, uncle, let me just spear him right through the middle. It'll only take me one spear. We got him. And David said to Abishai, do not destroy him. For who can put forth his hand against the Lord's anointed, against the Lord's Mashiach? What if he's the Messiah? We can't, we can't, we can't do that and be guiltless. And David said, as the Lord lives, the Lord will smite him or his day will come to die, or he shall go down into battle and perish. Saul's life is in the hands of the Lord. We don't have to kill him, nephew. That's up to God but they're right there in front of him. They've risked their lives to get there. The Lord forbid that I should put forth my hand against the Lord's anointed, against the Lord's Mashiach. But now let's do take his spear that's at his head and let's do take his water jug with us when we go. So David took the spear and he took the jar of water right by Saul's head and they snuck away. No man saw it. None of the 3,000 saw it. No man knew it, nor did they awake for they were all asleep. Why? Because a deep sleep from the Lord had fallen on them. Oh, David had some intervention from the Lord who he took his trust in. David took these things, the spear and the water jug, as proof of their proximity. Saul's spear and his water jug, they were right by Saul's head. And so the Lord had put a deep sleep on Saul's men. Just like in Genesis 2, the Lord put a deep sleep on Adam when he pulled woman from his side. Another time, God put Abraham into a deep sleep when he made a covenant with him in Genesis 15. Remember that? No man knew it. No man saw it. They were all in a deep sleep, nor did any awake. They were in a deep sleep from the Lord. So the Lord has put Saul and his men into a very deep sleep. David says, do not destroy him. They had their chance, but no, again, we're going to spare his life because he might be the Lord's anointed. They do take the spear in the water jug and they sneak away. Now, Saul had tried three times to kill David with a spear. Remember, David's had two opportunities now to spear Saul back, and he's reneged on both. The first opportunity, Saul, you little piece of your skirt. That was, Saul was a private fool. It was just him and David standing there. The second opportunity, there's 3,000 men, and David comes out this time with 3,000 of Saul's hand-chosen soldiers and they're all going to know because David goes over to the other side of this canyon and he shouts. David goes over and stood far off. There was a great space between. And David called out to the army to Abner, the son of Ner. And he said, will you not come over here, Abner? And Abner answered, who are you that calls the king? And David said to Abner, are you not a man who is like you in Israel? Why then have you, Abner, not kept watch over your lord, the king? For one of the people came in to destroy the king, your Lord. This thing that you have done, Abner, is not good. As the Lord lives, you, Abner, deserve to die because you have not kept watch over your Lord, the Lord's anointed, the Lord's Mashiach. Abner, 
You didn't do your job. You should be dead. And now see, see where the king's spear is? David has it. See where the king's water jug is that was at his head? Everyone knows it. All 3,000 soldiers know it. Everybody plays the fool sometimes. David has King Saul's spear. David has King Saul's water jug. And Abner looks like a complete fool, his personal bodyguard. And 3,000 of Israel's finest warriors see that David's got the king's spear and the king's jug. David has entered into the camp while they slept. They all look like fools as well, all 3,000 soldiers. They have not protected the king of Israel. David, Saul recognized David's voice. He said, is this your voice, my son, David? And David said, it is my voice, O Lord, my king. David said to him, why do you pursue me? I'm your servant. What have I done? What guilt is on my hands? Now, therefore, let my Lord, the king, hear the words of his servant. If it is the Lord who has stirred you up against me, may he accept an offering. But if it's men, may they be cursed before the Lord. For they have driven me out this day that I should have no share in the heritage of the Lord. Go serve other little g-gods. Is that what you want me to do? Therefore, let my blood not fall to the earth away from the presence of the Lord. For the king of Israel has come out to seek my life as one who hunts a partridge in the mountains. He is feeling like a hunted bird by his own king. And Saul said, oh, Saul feels so horribly bad. Oh, I have done wrong. Return, my son David, for I will no more do you harm. Do you believe that? Have we heard that before? Saul's a liar because my life was precious in your eyes this day. Oh, behold. And Saul says, I have played the fool. I have erred exceedingly. And David started singing, everybody plays the fool. <laughs> right? Saul stated, I have played the fool. I have erred exceedingly. And David made answer, here's the spear, O king. Let one of the young men come and fetch it. He throws it back. And the Lord rewards every man for his righteousness and for his faithfulness. For the Lord gave you into my hand today. And I would not put forth my hand against the Lord's Mashiach. Behold, as your life was precious this day in my sight, so may my life be precious in the sight of the Lord. And may he, may the Lord deliver me out of all tribulation. And Saul said, oh, blessed be you, my son, David. You will do so many things and succeed in them. So David went his way and Saul returned to his place. Everybody plays the fool. Saul got fooled by David privately. Saul's men didn't know. Nabal is a grand fool and dies. Saul got fooled publicly by David in front of 3,000 soldiers. And Saul in this chapter is going to become a permanent fool. Everybody plays the fool. David knows his enemy, very important. And his enemy's a liar. And he has lied and lied and lied and lied. Jesus said to his enemies, you are the father of the devil. And your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has nothing to do with the truth. There is no truth in him because he lies. His native tongue is lying. He's a liar and the father of all lies. That's the side Saul is on, the liar's side. There are two camps here. David hears and obeys God's word. Saul repeatedly lies and lies and lies. Now, St. Ignatius of Loyola, who loved, who wrote much on the discernment of spirits, tells us that there are two camps or two standards. 
and you can't serve both standards. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or devoted to one and despise the other. So you have to choose in the spiritual battle which side are you on, right? You must pick a master to fight for. There are two standards. These two men do not serve the same master, David and Saul. David said in his heart, I shall now perish one day. David doesn't believe Saul for a second. He said, I'm going to perish one day at the hand of Saul, even after Saul has made this big promise to him. There's nothing better for me than I should escape to the land of where? (laughs) The Philistines. He will escape to the land of the Philistines, and Saul will despair of seeking me any longer within the borders of Israel, and I will escape out of his hand. The only way David's going to feel safe is as he goes over to the enemy side. So David arose, he and his 600 men who were with him, and they went to Achish, the son of Maok, the king of Gath. Remember who was from Gath? Goliath of Gath. It's a big Philistine city, one of the top five. David dwelt with Achish at Gath. He and his men, every man in his household, and David and his two wives. We know Ahinoam, the woman from Jezreel, and also Abigail, his new wife, the widow of Nabal. And when it was told to Saul that David had fled to Gath, he sought him no more. Finally, okay, he's defected. He's gone with the enemy. Great, he's off my hands. I'm done. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. He does not think it's going to be a problem anymore. David said to Akash, the king of Gath, I have found favor in your eyes. Let a place be given me in one of the country towns that I might dwell there. For why should your servant dwell in the royal city with you? David is saying, you know, put me out somewhere, me and my men. Give us our own space. David had become a vassal of King Achish of Gath. What's a vassal? In the dictionary, it says it's a person in a subordinate position to another. He is at his mercy. It's also called a mercenary, a professional soldier hired to serve in a foreign army. That is what David has become. David is living with another enemy. And remember in 1 Samuel 21, when David was such a great actor and he feigned being a a madman, that was to this king, this same King Achish of Gath. So we've met this king before. Everybody plays the fool sometimes. David played a fool in in play acting, right? David's going to fool King Achish of Gath a second time, okay? David said to Achish, well, if I found favor in your eyes, you know, give me a a country place. Give me a different place to dwell. Why should I be in your royal city? So Achish gave him some land. It was called Ziklag, and it has belonged to the kings of Judah to this very day, and David stayed there for 16 months. A year and four months, David stayed in Ziglag. And there's where it's at. You see the Philistine territory. That's where David will set up shop. David and his men, they made raids upon the Geshurites, the Gizrites, and the Amalekites, for they were the inhabitants of the land from of old, as far as Shur, the land of Egypt. So you remember when the exodus happened, and they came right through this area, and they had to fight these different nations to get into the promised land. And now David is working for the king of the Philistines, the king of Gath, and David smote the land, neither man nor woman alive, but took away the sheep, the oxen, the ass, the camels, the garments, and would come back to King Achish of Gath. And Achish would say, against who did you make a raid today, David? And David would say, oh, against the Negev of Judah, uh, or against the Negev of the Jehimalites, or against the Negev of the Kenites. And David saved neither man nor woman alive to bring tidings to Gath, thinking, lest they should tell on us, 
us, like rat us out, and say, so David has done. Such was his custom all the while while he was in the country of the Philistines. So David's living in Ziglag and fighting all these other enemies and bringing the booty back to the king of the Philistines. The king, Ashkish of Gath, trusted David and thought he has made himself utterly abhorred by his own people, Israel. Therefore, he will always be my servant. Hmm, nope. He's pulling one over on the king. What David is doing is attacking people that are in the Negev area, this desert, southern desert area, but they are all old enemies of Israel. In those days, the Philistines gathered their forces for war to fight against Israel. Oh, now the Philistines are going to fight against Israel. That's David's country. That's David's people. And Akesh says to David, understand that you and your men are going to go out with me in the army against Israel. And David said to Akish, very well, you shall know what your servant can do. And Akish said to David, very well, I'm going to make you my bodyguard for life. So now he's his Abner. David is going to be the bodyguard of the king of the Philistines. Now, meanwhile, back at Saul's ranch, okay, Samuel has died. Samuel the prophet has died. And all of Israel is mourning for this great prophet of God. And they buried him in Ramah. His tomb is still there to this day in his own city. And Saul at this time had the mediums and the wizards put out of the land of Israel. Okay, Saul has done something right. He has finally listened to the word of God. He has removed all the mediums from the land of Israel. It's according to God's word. The Philistines have assembled. Uh, they, they're camping close by. Saul gathers all of Israel. They're camping at Gilboa. And Saul saw the army of the Philistines, and they were massive. And Saul was really, 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 really afraid. And his heart started trembling greatly. He is filled with absolute fear. He's gripped by fear. 1 John 4, 18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and he who fears is not perfected in love. Saul is full of fear. Saul inquires of the Lord, but the Lord doesn't answer Saul. He doesn't have a prophet left to tell him what to do. Now he's trying to, to pray. He's never done this before. <laughs> the Lord's not answering. Who are you? I don't know who you are. He doesn't get any dreams. But those guys in the Old Testament, like they used to get dreams. You know, they could interpret dreams. Like Joseph, they had dreams. Can I get a dream? No. How about the, the Urim? Could I use the Urim of the high priest? These were two stones. They were called the, the lights and the perfections, a black and a white stone. And the high priest would carry him in his garments and it would help him decide some situations. He would pray and ask the Lord and it was kind of like a yes stone or a no stone or a true stone or a false stone. They would ask a, a bilineal question. He wasn't getting anything by dreams. He wasn't getting anything by the Urim. He had no prophets to, to talk to. Saul, Samuel's dead. So Saul said to his servant, seek out a woman who's a medium that I could go and inquire of her. Wait a minute. He just said he, he got all mediums out of Israel. Now he says, I need a medium. And his servant said to him, behold, there is a medium at Endor. Well, I thought Saul had all the mediums put out of the country of Israel. Well, he's lying again. Endor is right next to Nazareth and Nain. You know those towns from the New Testament. Also, if you ever watch this show, Bewitched, she has a mother who's always a pain in the uh, side of Darren. And what's her name? Endora. The writers in the 60s were biblically literate. The witch of Endor. And this witch's name is Endora. That was part one of the first book of Samuel, chapters 27 through 30, on Seeking Truth with Sharon Doran. 
To learn more about Seeking Truth Bible Studies, visit SeekingTruth.net. Tune in next time for more Seeking Truth with Sharon Doran.